Hey, what's up, everybody? Episode 194 of Living Off the Land. Took a week off last week. Uh, Earthquake shook the foundation of the podcast. If you follow us on social media, us, that's a that's an interesting word right now. But if you follow the podcast on social media, you most likely heard the news or read the news that uh, Ryan and Jordan have quit the podcast. Uh, they have decided to move on and uh, obviously I wish them well. They're two of my close friends. Um, there's no drama behind it. Uh, they just decided it was time to move on. So uh, they told me that last week. Uh, so obviously we kind of, uh, or I took some time to kind of collect myself and kind of figure, try to figure out what I want to do moving forward with the podcast. I want to keep it going, um, looking for some new voices, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, this is going to be a shorter episode because uh, I just want to kind of get on here and uh, make sure that you guys know that uh, still here, putting out episodes, uh, that's not going to change for the foreseeable future. And uh, I am in the process of um, tracking down uh, a new voice to join me on the podcast weekly. Uh, might be for the foreseeable future, might hear some different voices, some voices that maybe you find familiar that have been on the show before, um, might go the guest ho- guest host route for a few weeks, just until I kind of figure out what's going on and see if anybody has any interest in joining me and, um, you know, kind of redeveloping the podcast. So that's kind of where uh, it stands right now. Obviously, uh, like I said, uh, love Ryan, love Jordan, um, two of my close friends. Jordan was here with me from the beginning, kind of helped me birth this idea of this podcast. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's hard, it's hard to see them go. Uh, Ryan obviously came on when Jimmy wanted to take a step back from, uh, hosting and, uh, Ryan has been instrumental in our Browns post game shows, uh, as well as being a weekly host. So, uh, wish those guys well, uh, appreciate their contributions, uh, to the show. Um, they'll be missed by me, but I'm sure you guys as well. But uh, it's time for a new era. So uh, we are ringing in a new era tonight. Like I said, it's just going to be me. Going to be a shorter episode. Just going to kind of go through some things, get caught up. Uh, I do have a beer of the week, which is kind of weird to me because I don't really like drinking by myself. But uh, it's one of our listeners' favorite segments of the show is beer of the week. So I definitely wanted to keep that going. So I have a beer this week that I just cracked open, as you heard, as the episode started. And... Uh, I'm going to get into that in a minute, but, uh, but yeah, so just kind of wanted to update everybody, take a couple minutes at the beginning of the episode, just to spell everything out and, uh, just, yeah, I'm looking forward to the future and, you know, hopefully, um, you know, we can take this to the next level and be, uh, even better than, than we were. So, um, I appreciate everybody's texts, tweets, messages. Um, I got a ton more than, uh, I thought that I was going to get, uh, once people saw the news, I really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you guys listening, appreciate you guys following us on social media and, uh, keeping up with the show. Uh, it really means a lot to me. Um, the end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022 is not been my favorite time. And obviously this news last week, uh, contributed to that, um, through no fault of Ryan and Jordan. Um, you know, I, I appreciate that they were up for up front with me and, uh, let me know kind of where they were feeling. And, um, you know, I appreciate them, but, uh, like I said, it's been, it's been a, it's been a rough, rough couple months, uh, for me. So, but 
uh, doing this always helps. Uh, I enjoy talking with you guys. I enjoy going through Cleveland sports, Cleveland beer, uh, Cleveland topics. Mainly just going to be beer and sports tonight. Uh, I really want to recap the NFL wildcard weekend. I want to look forward to uh, divisional round. Divisional uh, round in the NFL playoffs is always my favorite because I feel like we always get the best matchups. And this week is absolutely no different. Um, every single game in this divisional matchup uh, with within the NFL playoffs is incredible. Um, we, we've got some incredible games that we're going to watch this weekend. And uh, I'm going to go through all of them, kind of give my predictions. And, you know, we're also going to talk about the Cavs because, my goodness, uh, they are, as they like to say on Twitter with their hashtag, they're letting them know right now. So the Cavaliers are on a great run of form right now. Five wins in a row. They went 5-1 and one on their West Coast road trip. And they took care of Brooklyn at home yesterday on Martin Luther King Day. And they're looking great. They are tied for the, the most wins in the East right now at 27. So we're going to talk about that. But first, got the uh, beer of the week here. So I'm going to take a little sip and try it. Ooh, that's good. Cheers, guys. Oh, wait, there's nobody here. I'm all alone. There's no one here beside me. Cheesy, I know, but made me think of Shrek. That was that was uh, Donkey from Shrek. But anyway, uh, tonight's beer of the week is from one of my favorite breweries. Uh, it's one, one of everybody's favorite breweries, really. I mean, can't really think of anybody who doesn't like Market Garden. Uh, this is their Cosmic Haze. I believe this is new. Um... I've been seeing them put it out on social media that it was coming out. It's their Double Hazy IPA. And I'm just going to read the uh, the description on the can here. Comic Haze Double Hazy IPA. An assertive hazy IPA worthy of our most intense blend of Citra, Azica, and Trident hops brewed with a punchy yeast. Punchy yeast. That transforms hop oils into vibrant tangerine, grapefruit, and guava flavors. The result is our Cosmic IPA with a glowing veil of haze, solid bitterness and tropic waves of hoppiness that little wordy but i definitely agree with that description this is very good i was when i was at the store shout out max beverage in parma ohio uh, on ridge road go there and check it out they have pretty much any beer you can think of there when i saw double hazy ipa i got a little bit scared as you guys know as as we've done the podcast my palate for beers has changed dramatically and has gone through a transformation when we first started the podcast i didn't drink ipas wouldn't let the guys bring it as beer of the week because i just wasn't going to drink it i lovingly called it pine saw one episode i called it lysol and the guys would never let me live that down but uh, they're not here anymore so i can do whatever i want (laughs) Uh, but cosmic haze double hazy ipa very good it, I'll describe it as a very juicy IPA, uh, not as juicy as like uh, Groovy Juice from uh, Fatheads, but it's in that same kind of vein. Uh, it's got a little bit of that IPA bitterness, uh, which is described uh, in the description that I read, but it's also very citrusy. It's very, I'll give it a little bit tropical, um, but it's just very good. Very, very good beer. 8.5%, so... Uh, yeah, uh, you can't drink a lot of these. And funny story, just a little look in behind the podcast. 
is uh, I I started the episode, craft, cracked one open, and then realized I was recording my voice on the wrong track, so it wasn't recording. So I actually have two beers open right now. So 8.5%, two beers open right now. Tuesday night, Dan, get a hold of yourself. Um, but I'm at home, so I can drink as much as I want. I will say, and I and I started the episode, I don't like drinking alone. If you were to come to my house right now, and we've been doing episodes, probably about 175 episodes in, in my house since I bought it. If you were to go into my fridge, you can tell that I don't like drinking by myself because, you know, usually, especially during the pandemic, most of the times you're home by yourself. And doing this podcast, we do beer of the week every week. So we're getting different six packs of beers every single week, bringing them over. There's probably about 10 different partial six packs in my fridge right now. And the interesting thing is right now, a lot of them are seasonal beers. So there are still pumpkin beers in there. There's Christmas ales in there. And we're through the Christmas season. Uh, Full disclosure, my tree is still up. But uh, my desire to drink a Christmas, especially a pumpkin ale, but my desire to drink a Christmas ale right now is not very high. So I'm not really drinking the beers that are in my fridge. But this is a beer. This is a year-round beer. Um, it is kind of tropical, so some might say this is a summer-type beer. This is a good beer when you're grilling. Uh, it's a cool beer when you're just sitting out on a patio or on your deck in the backyard just hanging out. And it's 8.5%, so be careful. But it is absolutely delicious, and I 100% would buy this again. I 100% would order this at a bar if it was on tap. And I'm going to give this a 8.2 rating, which is high. I think uh, I gave What's His Nuts a 8.4, which is one of my favorite beers. Uh, let me see. What did I give it? Yeah, 8.4. So uh, 8.2, I really like this. First time I've had it. It's really good. I really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, that is beer of the week. So uh, no catch up this week. That's a normal Jordan segment. Uh, I may or may not bring that back. We'll see what happens. Like I said, everything is under construction right now. The podcast, you know, where we're going, the show might revamp. Obviously, we're still going to be we're still going to be a Cleveland centric podcast, but we'll see what happens. It's a lot of work to do a podcast by yourself. To the people that are out there that do it, uh, I genuinely salute you, and uh, I raise my beer to you because it's it's interesting. But hopefully, this will be uh, one of the only podcasts that I will do by myself, as I've got some stuff lined up for some uh, guest hosts on a weekly basis, some different voices that you've heard before on LOTL, and. Uh, We'll go that way. I'm 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 ex- I'm really hoping for uh, one episode to come to fruition that I'm trying to plan right now. It's it'll be really exciting. It'll be really exciting for me, and then I think just a look into uh, kind of my life growing up and everything um, to have uh, a couple guest hosts on the show. It'd be really fun. So looking forward to that. Hopefully that comes to fruition. Maybe next week. I don't know. But let's get into talking about. Wild card weekend in the NFL, and it was it was really interesting. We had a couple close games, but for the most part, all games were blowouts. And I think it's it's interesting to talk about you know with the expanded playoffs and you know how there's a seventh seed now in the NFL. The two seven matchups were just uh, 
dogs with fleas. I mean, you had the Chiefs and the Steelers. I mean, my goodness. What an absolute drubbing. I loved every second of it because the Steelers got their butts kicked. Oh, and by the way, you know, with uh, Ryan, well, not so much Ryan, but with with Jordan gone from the podcast, I'm trying to fill dead air right now because I'm trying to pull it up. Uh, I get to play my favorite sound effect as many times as I want. That's for you, Squealer fans, you a-holes. Yeah. Don't even get off the bus. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh. Kansas City Chiefs took care of business against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, 42-21. It was a three-touchdown game, and the score really isn't indicative of how much of a blowout it was. It, uh, you know, it it was a game that I turned off in the second half, and I really shouldn't have because... It was Ben's last game, and uh, wanted to see him go out uh, with his tail tucked between his legs, because he is an a-hole, and uh, you will never convince me otherwise, and hopefully we don't have to see his face on the football field ever again. So, anyway, there's that one. The 2-7 matchup in the NFC was the Bucks and the Eagles, and again, this game, score not indicative of how the game went, because the final score was 31-15, to it was 31 to nothing. Uh, in the fourth quarter. So, you know, the Eagles and the Steelers, the PA teams, the Pennsylvania teams, not really showing up or showing out in the playoffs. You know, they were both overmatched. I mean, they played the Super Bowl matchup from last year. They played the Bucks and the Chiefs, respectively. So, don't really want to spend too much time, but it is it is interesting. You know, there's a parallel that people are making to the expanded NFL playoffs and the college uh, football playoff, which I think eventually we're going to get an expansion. But you saw this year the seven seeds in both conferences didn't even belong on the field with uh, the two seeds. So, you know, some people are saying that the college football playoff is going to be the same thing. I don't really want to get into college football tonight, um, but, you know, I, 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 I disagree. I, I, there's, I just think there's there's way more room for upset in college sports than in the NFL. Um, I mean, you look at the the NCAA tournament in basketball, there's upsets all over the place on teams where, you know, you would just look at and be like, well, they can't beat them. And then, you know, 15 seed beats a two. You know, a couple years ago we had 16 seed beat a one and that sort of stuff. So, but ultimately I do like the expanded playoff in the NFL. I think it's good. I think it heightens the sense of wanting to get the number one seed because the number one seed is the only seed that gets a buy. So, Having the best record in the conference is critical. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting. The seven seeds got their butts kicked. Other games, um, want to talk about the Bengals and the Raiders. Uh, give credit to the Bengals. They finally got their first playoff win in 30, 31 years, something like that. Um, Joe Burrow played well enough to win. Uh, I thought Derek Carr... Uh, struggled. Uh, it wasn't all. It wasn't all his fault. Uh, but I thought he struggled. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get on this podcast and talk about the quarterback situation with the Browns and who they might and who they could get. Um, 
And I'm not going to look at one game and say, oh, because Derek Carr didn't play well and he lost in the playoffs, like, he's not good enough. Derek Carr is what he is. I think he's on, like, I think Baker is, when healthy, is on par with a Derek Carr. So I don't understand the giving up ton of draft capital and then, you know, we're, we're, we analyze Baker's contract situation to death uh, about whether you should pay him or not. So, if you trade for Derek Carr, there is no, there is no thinking about it. If you give up the amount of draft capital you're going to have to give up to get Derek Carr, you're going to have to immediately give him a contract. You're not even going to think about it, and that's one of the things that the Browns are going to have to decide before they make any sort of trade. Is when they trade, if they trade for a quarterback, you're going to have to give him a contract extension because you're not going to give up that draft cap. I, I think Derek. I think Oakland is going to ask from the Browns two first round picks for Derek Carr. There's precedent for it. I mean, you look at the you look at veteran quarterbacks and what they go for. You know, obviously, I don't, he's not going to go for what Aaron Rodgers or you know if his legal stuff clears up to Sean Watson. I mean, they're in another stratosphere of quarterback. But you look at the Carson Palmer trade to the Raiders uh, several years ago. That was two first round picks. And it's it's kind of the same ilk. So I think you're going to have to give up two first-round picks to get Derek Carr, and then I think you're going to have to give him a five-year, $200, $250 million contract. I I don't know. Not, now, I'm not saying I'd rather keep Baker and just blindly give him the, the contract. You know, Baker's got to come back healthy, and Baker's got to prove himself again because he had a really crappy year, whatever uh, whatever stipulation you want to put on that, whether it was the injury, he's just not that good, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, talking about Derek Carr, it's just, we're talking about the Bengals and the Raiders. I don't know. It, it just doesn't move the needle, the needle enough for me. It doesn't. You have a quarterback that has proven when he's healthy, he can be successful. 2020, don't give me the half year stuff because in the first half of the year, Three or four of those games were played in monsoons and hurricanes. There wouldn't have been a uh, quarterback on the planet that would have put up great numbers like that. So it, he had a great rookie year. He struggled in 19. There's a lot of factors that go into that. 2020, he was very good. And 2021, he got injured in the second game and wasn't, you know, wasn't, uh, wasn't good. So, you know, we'll see. But... Credit to Joe Burrow. He uh, did what he needed to do. Didn't play sensational football. He didn't, but he played well enough to win. And he outplayed Derek Carr. And, uh, you know, the Bengals are moving on. But, yeah, so that kind of sucks because, you know, there's there's people people in um, – people who are, who are Browns fans who are rooting for Joe Burrow and the Bengals in playoffs I just I'm sorry I can't get behind that I'm never going to root for a division rival Joe Burrow played for the Bears I'd root for him I think he's a good kid he's a good guy but he plays for a division rival now it's the Bengals who was arguably even a worse franchise than the Browns they they hadn't won a playoff game in 31 years Browns went into Pittsburgh and beat Pittsburgh last year in the playoffs but now they have the win they're riding a lot of momentum, and who knows? You know, they're playing the Tennessee Titans in the divisional round. Who knows what's going to happen there? So, um, good for Joe Burrow, good for the Bengals. Um, I, but I will not be rooting for you. Sorry, sorry, Joey. But let's move on. Let's talk. 
the Patriots getting their absolute butts kicked. Uh, it was kind of a changing of a guard, changing of the guard last year, uh, but they didn't play in the playoffs because the Patriots sucked last year. But they played in the playoffs this year, and the Bills took them behind the woodshed and spanked them. So, not much really to talk about there. Bills move on. Bills are going to play the Chiefs. That is wow. You talk about you talk about hype for a game. That is going to be a great, great game. You could you could argue that. That's the de facto AFC championship game. Now, obviously, the Tennessee Titans are going to have something to say about that. We'll see how they how they react having the bye week. Um, they're getting Derrick Henry back, but he hasn't played in three months. So I don't think that really means much for a running back. Obviously, if it was Ryan Tannehill who hadn't played for three months, you'd be a little bit more concerned because of the quarterback. But we'll see. But I, I definitely think the winner of this Chiefs-Bills game here in the divisional round um, is definitely going to be the odds-on favorite to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. Uh, Let's see. We talked that, that. 49ers and Cowboys. Now, I like Dak Prescott. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good quarterback. His coach is horrible. Mike McCarthy is straight-up awful. I... I picked the 49ers going into that game. Uh, I felt pretty comfortable about it. Obviously, the Cowboys have a track record of getting down early and making comebacks, uh, which is which is what they did, S- aside from that ridiculous QB sneak with 14 seconds left and no timeouts. <laughs> I mean, God. And then after the game, you got McCarthy and Dak Prescott blaming the refs, which is, I mean, come on, guys, grow up. You made a horrible call to to a designed QB draw with 14 seconds left with no timeouts at the end of the game. And then because you forget the rule, see it's not the ref's fault that Dak Prescott gave the gave the ball to the center to try and snap it. Every single player knows, coach knows that after every play, why do you think after every play, every time there's a catch on the sidelines, every time there's a run, the player gets up, he flips the ball to the, the side judge or the ref or whatever so they can spot the ball and get the next play going. I, you know, I get it. Everything's moving at a million miles an hour at that point at the end of the game. But you you have like if you're Dak, get the ball to the ref. You can't snap the ball until the ref touches it. So giving the ball to your center is just going to waste a second or two. They had that extra second or two, they wouldn't have been able to clock the ball, and they would have had a chance to throw one up from the 25-yard line to try and win the game. That's honestly where I thought it was headed because when Dallas got the ball back with down six, you just kind of thought that, wow, they're going to win this game 24-23, aren't they? But it wasn't meant to be. Um, and I, you know, you read some of Jerry Jones's postgame comments you got to wonder if they're mulling a change there with Mike McCarthy. Uh, he's just not a good head coach. Just not. He really, you could argue he really never has been. He just, he had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl, but he won a Super Bowl because Aaron Rodgers was his quarterback and he had a great defense in 2010 against the Steelers. He has a good record as a coach, but... Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott are your quarterbacks. I just, 
I don't think he's a good head coach. I was so thankful when the Browns didn't consider him to, for a head coach when they fired Freddie Kitchens and eventually hired Kevin Stefanski. I just don't think he's good at this job. I really don't. Um, 49ers, I think, 49ers, I think, are dangerous because unlike Mike McCarthy, I actually think they do have a really good head coach. I think Kyle Shanahan is a mad scientist. He's a great head coach, comes from great lineage with his dad, Mike Shanahan, who won two Super Bowls with the Broncos back in the day in the late 90s with John Elway and Terrell Davis and, and Shannon Sharp and that crew. I just, I love the way Kyle Shanahan uh, coaches. And it's evident, you know, we talk about before last year with the Browns and not being able to have a winning season. The closest they came is when he was the head, was he, when he was the offensive coordinator uh, under Mike Patton when we started seven and four with uh, Brian Hoyer as the quarterback. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is a great quarterback. They stunk last year. They had probably the most injuries in the history of the NFL uh, last year. And, you know, two, two years ago, they were in the Super Bowl uh, with a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter. And if Jimmy G hits that throw in the fourth quarter that he missed wide open, you know, maybe they win the Super Bowl over the Chiefs. We don't know. But... I, I, the 49ers are very dangerous. And then last night, uh, Rams over the Cardinals. I saw that game coming a mile away. I, the Cardinals are frugazy. Cliff Kingsbury is, has been figured out. Uh, Kyler Murray, um, I mean, he's five foot eight. And yeah, he runs around a little bit, but, you know, he gets hit a lot because of his style of play. And, you know, we saw it this year. He got hurt, and he missed he missed several games. Is that going to be the story of his career? He has good arm talent, but, man, is he tiny? I mean, people talk about Baker being short. Baker's at least six feet. Kyler Murray's like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, at best 5'9". So that game was uh, pretty easy to, to see for me. Uh, just like I was saying about Joe Burrow, Obviously, Matt Stafford, he's been in the, in the league a lot longer, but happy for him to get that monkey off his back, get the playoff win. I think the Rams are really dangerous. I think they play really good defense. They got Cam Akers back. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into the OBJ stuff. He looked good He looked good last night, but he had four catches for 50 yards. I mean, let's not, let's not talk like he's, you know, Jerry Rice in his prime. Ever, like everybody was slobbering all over him on social media last night. He had 50 yards receiving. Yeah, he had a touchdown. It's a great play, great catch, great throw. And he had the uh, the wide receiver pass, which was which was good, good play. He's a good player, you know. It didn't work here, but all these people, you know, Cameron Magruder uh, on Twitter was talking like, oh, you know, OBJ still in the playoffs, and Baker's not, and it's relevant. Like relevant for what? What does it matter? What does it mean? What does that mean? I don't understand. What does it mean? What about when Baker was leading the Browns to the playoffs, and within a fourth quarter? Uh, score against the Chiefs of going to the AFC Championship game, and OBJ was on the sidelines with a busted-up knee. Is that relevant? I don't know. You uh, you figure that out for yourself. But I don't really want to get into all that. But I will say the Rams are dangerous. So moving on to the divisional round of the playoffs, this these matchups are just fantastic. I mean, you have an old 
uh, 90s, early 2000s rivalry with the 49ers and the Packers at, at Lambeau Field. That's going to be awesome. Right now the Packers are favored minus 5.5. I like the Niners to keep that game close. I really do. Uh, Debo Samuel, them running the ball, um, you know, keeping the ball at Aaron Rodgers' hands, that's going to be the key. I like the Packers to win the game, but I think the Niners keep it close. I like that as a field goal game. Uh, Titans-Bengals, Titans minus 3.5. I think that's about right. I think the Titans are going to come out slow uh, with the bye week and Derrick Henry just coming back. I think the Bengals might might start fast. You know, they're riding high. They got a lot of momentum going right now. But the Bengals' defensive front is, uh, you know, Swiss cheese right now. And a lot of it's not their fault. They have a lot of injuries. We don't know if Trey Hendrickson's going to play. Larry Okunjobi is out. Um, I think they have one other guy out, but I can't remember. Um, but I think they're going to struggle to stop Derrick Henry. And when you get that locomotive running – uh, it's really hard to stop. So, uh, there, the key for them is to is to, you know, keep him bottled up to start, and then hope that they can get a lead and the Titans uh, go to the pass game. On to Sunday, Rams and Bucks. What a matchup this is! You got Tom Brady, Titan Tom is my brother. So lovingly likes to refer to him as um going up against the Rams who have a great defense um Matt Stafford got the monkey off his back with the playoff win last week that's going to be a crazy game three point spread in that Tampa Bay favored by three I mean all these spreads are super close this is going to be such a great weekend of football guys divisional round is the best I man I think the Rams are dangerous. I, the Bucks are great. They're defending Super Bowl champs. They have, you know, Antonio Brown did what he did. He's no longer there. Chris Godwin tore his ACL. He's no longer there. They still have Mike Evans. They still have Gronk. Um, they still they they have a decent running game. Obviously, they have Tom Brady. I just for some reason I like the Rams, man. I I don't know. I think. The Rams' defense is really, really good, and I think Aaron Donald's playing maybe some of his best football he's ever played um, right now, and he can wreck a game. So, I don't know. Tristan Wirfs was in and out of the game on, uh, on this past weekend. I believe it was an ankle injury, but I, I can't remember. So, I don't know. I'm going to take the Rams here. I, I really think that the Rams are going to do it. And then... <coughs> The late game on Sunday, Bills-Chiefs, I mean, it, it kind of sucks that these two teams are, are in the same conference because this could very easily be a uh, Super Bowl game. Bills-Chiefs, this is a – this is what a great game this is. Uh, Josh Allen v. Patrick Mahomes. All those weapons uh, for the Chiefs against the Bills defense. Uh, I don't know. Chiefs favored by two points. I actually think the Chiefs cover that. I, th- I I I see this as between a field goal and a touchdown game. I'm going with the Chiefs because the game is at Arrowhead. I just can't. I can't. Uh, I can't see the Bills going into Arrowhead and winning. Um, I think they make it close. I think it's a great game, but I think when push comes to shove, in the playoffs, even though he played basically a perfect game against the Patriots. I'm going to take Mahomes over Josh Allen. Um, 
and especially with Mahomes having home home field advantage. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. So that sets up eight, that's uh, sorry that sets up conference championship weekend where I've got the Titans and the Chiefs, and then the Packers against the Rams. Wow, that that Packers Rams game to go to the Super Bowl would be incredible, incredible. So. That is the NFL playoffs divisional round. Those are my predictions. Uh, let me know what you think on on uh, social media at the LOTL podcast, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. So anyway, let's move on to your favorite of mine, your Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavs are riding high, as I mentioned before, five game winning streak, five and one on their road trip. They got back, and then they beat the Brooklyn Nets yesterday on MLK Day. If you're listening to this, uh, I'm recording it on Tuesday night. So, uh, yeah, Cavs are letting them know right now. The Cavs, I believe, have two All-Stars on their team. The Cavs, I believe, has the NBA Rookie of the Year on their team. The Cavs... I believe, have the NBA's Coach of the Year on the team. And they're doing this. Nobody believes them, believes in them to start the year. Nobody believed in them. I read a stat. This may have changed. This was a couple weeks ago that the Cavs have had the most games missed because of injury and health and safety protocol among anybody in the NBA. Jared Allen... Uh, missed games because of COVID. Darius Garland missed games because of COVID. Evan Mobley missed games because of COVID. Isaac Okoro missed games because of COVID. Evan Mobley missed games because of injury. Isaac Okoro missed games because of injury. Uh, Colin Sexton uh, tore his meniscus and is out for the season. He did that in the first few games of the season. Uh, the revelation that helped the Cavs get off to the, the start that's propelled them to uh, this incredible season so far. Ricky Rubio, he's out. He tore his ACL. They traded for Rajon Rondo. He played in a couple games. Now he's out because of a hamstring pull. He's missed the last three games. This team, Chetty Osman, health and safety protocol. Pretty much anybody of note. Uh, Laurie Markkinen, health and safety protocol. Pretty much anybody of note has missed decent time this season. And this team is 27-18, and 18, is tied for the most wins in the Eastern Conference, is the four seed right now, is going, if the playoffs started today, would host a first-round playoff series, have home field advantage in a first-round playoff series. It's just incredible what this team has done. And I give a ton of the credit to J.B. Bickerstaff. I think the guy is doing an absolutely unbelievable job as head coach of this team. Because if you look at this team, and yes, guys are playing very well. I think they have two All-Stars. I think they have the NBA Rookie of the Year. Guys are... You know, if you look at this team and you are just a you know casual NBA observer or even a well-studied NBA fan or, you know, you look at this team and you're like, I, I don't see, can they, be, can they be decent? Yeah. Can they maybe get into the play-in tournament? Sure. But four seed tied for the, tied for the most wins in the Eastern Conference? You know, next week, if the Cavs keep playing like this, they could be the number one seed in the East. That's there for them. This isn't the first 10 games of the season. This is now going to be, you know, if they get through next week and they keep winning and they're the one seed, this will be over 50 games into the season. 
that they're going to be right there at the top of the Eastern Conference. It's incredible. Incredible. And like I said, I gave I give JB Bickerstaff a ton of the credit. I also give Kobe Altman a ton of the credit. You know, Kobe Altman made, made these, you know, the, his his job was on the line this summer. With what he did in the draft, with what he did trades, free agency, all that. Pretty much every move has hit. Everyone. And full disclosure, I wasn't in favor of a lot of them. When we traded for Lori Marketing, I'm like, why? What is going? And then we gave him $65 million contract. I was like, what is going on? This th- They traded for a seven-footer right after they gave Jared Allen a $100 million contract extension and then drafted Evan Mobley. Like getting a bunch of guys who are seven feet is not the way the NBA is going. But Kobe Altman kind of flipped it on its head, and he's like, all right, everybody's going to go this way. I'm going to go this way, and I'm going to get. I'm going to have the biggest team in the NBA. The Cavs have three seven-footers in their starting lineup, and they are kicking teams' ass. This Cavs team is unbelievable, and it's so fun to watch night after night, game after game. You know, we're getting to the point now where you know, us as fans, after the first few games with them winning, you know, everybody everybody always on Twitter, every every night the Cavs play, Cavs, question mark? Somebody replies, Cavs, period. And it's a funny little, you know, inside joke with, with Cleveland sports fans, but it, it's, it's turned into this incredible story. The Cleveland Cavaliers are going back to the playoffs this year for the first time without LeBron. Since 97, 98, when we had Sean Kemp, Wesley Person, Terrell Brandon, and Z? That was 25 years ago. We haven't had a good basketball team in the city without LeBron James in 25 years. And how do you not root for these guys? These guys are all underdogs. All of them. The Cavs got Jared Allen for a bag of peanuts because he was a throw-in in the James Harden trade. And Kobe Altman saw the opportunity, and he snuck in there and got him for pennies on the dollar. And he came in, and he proved himself last year, and he got himself a $100 million contract. And now that looks like it's pennies on the dollar. Jared Allen should be an all-star. Without a doubt. The Cavs drafted Colin Sexton. The very next year... They draft Darius Garland. A lot of people were saying, what? You basically just drafted the same position. They're both small guards. They can't play together. Obviously, they haven't been able to play together much this season because Colin Sexton got hurt. But look at Darius Garland. Incredible. Darius Garland should be an all-star. I mean, he is must-watch TV every single night. He's fantastic. He should be an all-star. And then the Cavs get to the lottery, and last year, they get to the lottery, and everybody's like, oh, please, one of the top two picks so we can get Jalen Green or Cade Cunningham. I was in that boat. I didn't know that much about Evan Mobley. But everybody was saying that Jalen Green's a uh, can't-miss prospect, and he probably is. Like, you know, he's playing well with Houston. He had some injury issues. You know, and Houston's not a very good basketball team this year. 
Um, but they're hopefully trending in the right direction with, with, with that young core for Jordan's sake. Um, but Evan Mobley is the rookie of the year this year. He's been unbelievable. He's been incredible. He's a unicorn. He's an alien. He's a seven-footer <clears throat> that one year could end up being the, the best defensive player in the league. And he does things every night, and you're like, wow, that looked like Kevin Garnett. Wow. Did you see what he did there? That looked like Chris Bosh. And I'm not, I'm not go, I'm not going to go this far and say that he's going to be Kevin Durant, but there are some things that if you go back and you watch a young Kevin Durant, some of the things that Evan Mobley does, like the the uh, post up turnaround uh, mid range jump shot, looks like Kevin Durant, and he's seven feet tall. You can't block that shot. You know that's a lot of the reason why Durant was so successful and is continues to be that successful. Durant is a seven foot one shooting guard. Now I think Evan Mobley's ultimate game is different than and different than Durant's. He's more of a Garnett, he's more of a Bosch, but the fact that we're comparing him to these guys. Kevin Garnett won an MVP and is a Hall of Famer. Chris Bosh, Hall of Famer. He was a top 10 player in the NBA before he went to Miami and sacrificed to be the third wheel with LeBron and D-Wade, but when when Chris Bosh was in Toronto, he was a freaking animal. That's who you guys are. That's who we're comparing Evan Mobley to. That's the track of his trajectory of his career. If he stays healthy, if he gets in the weight room, if he continues to have the drive to be better and better and better, this kid is a superstar, not a star. This Evan Mobley is a superstar in the making, in the NBA. Oh man, this team is exciting. And they have the ability to go make moves in uh, trades and free agency this year. Kobe Altman, before the trade deadline, can wheel and deal and bring in some more talent. I think we need another wing. I think we need another point guard. I think we need a, uh, another shooter. You know, a 3 and D wing on this team would do wonders. Wonders. Um, a very underrated name that I think we'd come in and, and be great for this team be Gary Harris, who's in Orlando. Used to be in Denver. Um, I would love that. I don't know what it would take to get him, but I would love that. Uh, people have said Eric Gordon. Um, I've I've listened to Jordan watch Rockets games for long enough to know that I'm not sure if I'm all the way on board with that. But maybe he needs to change the scenery, and he can he can be great for us. He's got a, a lot of playoff experience, which is something that would help the Cavaliers. And then there's other names out there too. So, um, yeah, I, I'm so excited about this. Uh, the team just stays healthy. That's the big bugaboo. Just stay healthy. And I think we're going to host a playoff series in, in the NBA playoffs. And I very much think that the, that the Cavs are going to win a playoff series if everything stays how it is. So, we shall see what happens, but keep watching the Cavs, and Cavs keep letting them know. So, I think that's going to do it for me uh, this week. It was great to get behind the mic again, taking the week off after everything that happened uh, with the podcast. Appreciate you guys so much, so, so much for listening. Um, I'm so happy that you guys uh, continue to listen to the podcast after after uh, you know we had the changes last week, but... 
I, I, I plan on continuing to put out weekly content with the podcast. I'm working through some things with, uh, you know, different hosts and who might want to come on board and what the show's going to look like moving forward with different segments and all that. But I wanted to come on here and just kind of talk and talk about Cleveland sports because it's, it's the thing that I'm most passionate about. And um, I appreciate you guys listen, continuing to listen and giving me this outlet to be able to do it. And, uh, yeah, so cheers to you guys. Appreciate it. And, uh, well, usually I say for, for so-and-so, 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 and, and I'm Dan, but it's just me. So follow us. Again, that us word is weird right now. But follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. And, uh, yeah, hopefully catch you guys next week with uh, with Warner, maybe hopefully two uh, co-hosts for next week's show. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Go Browns, go Cavs, go Guards. Go